Oh, that synth music. Lucy, mm-hmm. do androids dream of electric sheep? That's a great question. It is. Do they dream of electric sheep? <laughs> and it is the Philip K. Dick book that this movie Blade Runner was based on. Is it? It oh. is. And I highly recommend another book that he did called Total Recall. And I would really? say, yeah, I would say more so. All right, we're on the path. We're here for 1982's The OG Blade Runner, directed by Ridley Scott. And this is going Wait, to what be... what year were you born? I was born in 84. Oh, okay, okay. This was the same year I think E.T. came out. I think that was wow. 82, might have been 81. Yeah, two of those, you know, big sci-fi movies out in the same year. This movie, this is going to be interesting, okay? Yeah. And we all want to preface this, or say we both want to preface this. You can like whatever movie you want. It's okay if we don't. If we don't like this movie and you love it, it's okay. We're going to talk this out. What usually happens is this is a therapy session for both of us. It really is, yeah. <laughs> Straight up, honestly, right now, I don't fully know what to think of it. For those that have listened before, we put this in a tier rank at the end where we go S at the highest, then A, B, C, and D. I have no idea where it's going to go. I tell you this yeah. right now. I know it won't go in S, and I know Agreed. it won't go in D. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, we could go so many places on here. Yeah, it's one of those where I was watching it and the notes weren't coming to me. The tier ideas weren't coming to me. And I just thought, yeah, I need to talk this one out because something's not clicking right now. No, and we'll get into the vibe because we definitely will not take this scene by scene because we're not no. masochists. <laughs> there will be certain scenes uh, that we we will go into. But yes, also make sure to stick around towards the end because it is October next. It is spooky season and we will tease the first spooky movie that we're going to cover at the very end. It's going to be a really good one. It's going to be an interesting one. It'll be a first time for me. It'll be a 17th time for you, I believe. Yeah, I think it's up there. Definitely. Something along that. But all right. Uh, go ahead and email us pot on the path at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, suggestions, whatnot. If you like what we do, we have more of it on patreon.com backslash on the path. Much of extra goodies and stuff there. Also check out the discord link. Easier way to find us with the chat and the community as well as all socials down there. We're going to get some nice clips. Think funny clips coming out uh, in the next few days and whatnot <laughs> of the nonsense that we do on the show. Yeah, I've been enjoying editing them recently. I had a, a long train journey a couple of times last weekend where I got to go scroll through some old podcast episodes and yeah, they're they're good fun. They are, they are. And I've got right now a nice board. Oh, look at that. I have Guinness. got a cup of tea, which I've realized matches the color of my hair exactly. Look at that. It does. How crazy is that? It is. You're rocking the. Mm. Is it Auburn? Is it? Well, it's this caused quite Auburn. a controversy. Okay. I would. It's the hairdresser says it's ginger copper. Ginger copper. Ginger slash copper. Does that mean more? And red? then one of them said cowboy copper, and I said Cow no, this isn't cowboy copper. Copper. It's quite orange in real life. It's definitely okay. more orange than red. More shiny, but there yeah, you go. Yeah, ginger, ginger season is upon us, everyone. For spooky season, October yes. coming up. All right, so here we go. 1982's Blade Runner. And as always, I put you to the test of the box office. This was budgeted yes. at 30 million. 1982, Ooh. 30 million. 
Bolin. What do you think that box office gross was? I, I'm I'm unsure because I don't know if this film did amazing at the beginning or if it's become like a cult classic. Okay. I reckon all I feel like all of my guesses are so badly wrong. I'm gonna say like eight, 80, 80 to a hundred. Forty one. Point oh. six million. Now, here's another thing, too. I don't know if this includes the re-release that they did with, like, the final cut. I think okay. the 25th anniversary. Everything I've heard about this is this was a bomb. That this did not do well at all. Right. But I don't know if it's, like, if this is 41 million in 82, that doesn't seem like a bomb when it was 30 yeah. million. Like, that's not good. Yeah. You have to double it or whatever. So that might have been afterwards. It might have made less. I probably should have looked into that. Now, the movie that we did not do, Blade Runner 2049... That was a bomb. That was a was massive. It? Yes, I don't even know if that fully earned back. Christ, its budget maybe a little bit more, but it was budgeted, you know, two hundred some odd goddamn damn million or something. I don't know. Yeah, and I wonder how much of that was to get Harrison Ford back involved in it. I I would think it would be two dump trucks full of yes. Money. If Star Wars. <laughs> if Star Wars was a dump truck, then Blade Runner, because he has a lot of stuff to say about this movie too. He. His bat, you know, we're gonna get really Scott. We'll get there for it. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Directed by Ridley fucking Scott. Yeah. Man. Oscar winning and all that fun stuff. I, the first movie that ever comes to my mind with him is always gonna be Alien. Yeah. Of and then course, Gladiator. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's working on Gladiator too. I don't know if he's directing or just working as like a producer or um some kind of co-director, but Gladiator 2 is coming. Yeah, no, it's listed here, director producer. Oh, very good. Good, good, good. Yeah, but more importantly, and it lines up kind of well with this, he's got a movie coming out next month. I'm sorry, in November. Oh, yeah. Napoleon. Yes. Are you going to go see that? I, I am going to go see it, and I feel so fucking bad because the last mate, I go, oh, he did House of Gucci? Okay, I don't, yeah. I didn't know he did that. He did The Last Duel. You know what I that is? I didn't see that. The no. Last Duel was a medieval movie about the, a medieval movie. It was about the last medieval like a duel of trial by combat kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like just like Game of Thrones, where this guy oh. accused this other guy of murdering his wife. Yes, I've seen this because I'm so surprised I didn't watch it because it's got Adam Driver and Jodie Comer, Jody two Comer, of my yeah. favorite people. Yeah, it's got, and it's, yeah, uh, Matt Damon is in it also. No, I'm sorry, Ben Affleck, not Matt Damon. Is it not Matt Damon? Is it it's Ben Affleck? Is it, Matt it is Matt Damon. It is Matt Damon. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Ben Affleck, oh, they're, wait, he was a producer. Okay, that was it. Oh, they're both in it. No, they're both in it. Okay, yeah. Ben Affleck's in it also. Yeah, he's in it. Okay. But no, I have this book. I've had this book forever. Obviously, Medieval History. It's right up my fucking alley. And just in Mm -hmm. 2000, in 2021, I think I just still didn't want to go to the fucking theater. Yeah, maybe it's not the right time. No, but director's cut, final cut. Apparently, this one was a lot better than um, the original theatrical release. It was one of the first ones, I think, that got like the whole director's cut, director's cut. The last thing I will say about Ridley Scott, because I could talk about him for fucking ever, is 2005, by the way, speaking of medieval, Kingdom of Heaven, about, yeah, about pretty much the fall of Jerusalem. I think that'd be 1187 before the Third Crusade. This was the first movie that I've ever seen where I understand what a director's cut can do. The theatrical release was terrible. The movie made no fucking sense. A scene would happen, and I'd be like, one, who is that person? Why the yeah. fuck should I give a shit about these two people together? Find the director's cut of Kingdom of Heaven. It is an excellent movie. History notwithstanding, it's okay. We don't need to worry about mm-hmm. that. It's a great movie. 
Oh, I, I have heard of it a lot. And I think I it's probably because it's got Orlando Bloom in that I've heard of it and Liam Neeson. Um, yes, but yeah, I've never yeah. seen it. One of those things that's never crossed my path. But yeah, I'll give it a go someday, someday. Excellent, excellent, excellent. But his whole filmography, you could just do a million things over. Awesome, mm-hmm. dude. Uh, R.I.P. his brother, Tony Scott. But he is, man, he's got to be 80-something years old, right? As I Ridley Scott? 85. Oh, my God. 85 he's, and He doesn't look 85 this. at all. And I, I don't know when this photo of him is from, but he doesn't look anywhere near 85. Yeah. The one on Wikipedia. Oh, God, he's from South Shields. What the hell? Where's that? Is that Newcastle? That's like 20 minutes down the road. Oh, shit. Tyneside. There you go. Look at that. Look at that. He's a Geordie. I thought he was Australian. Not going to lie. <laughs> Why did I think he was Australian? No okay. way. He's from South uh, Shields. Yeah. But his brother, Tony Scott, another another great action director. Um, yeah. You remember you we went to Tynemouth to the beach? Yeah. That's where it is. That's, that's North Shields. Mm. So you cross the Tyne River and you're in South Shields. So that's where Tony Scott is from. Must be. <laughs> okay. All right, Ridley Scott, the man. Uh, writer, I've never heard of these two people, but the main one, and uh, how about this name, Hampton Fancher. That's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. So he wrote this movie. He was instrumental in getting this made, uh, including like with Philip K. Dick, the author that we talked about, who that author, mm-hmm. Philip K. Dick, he died, I believe, right before this movie came out. He saw some Aww. of it and praised it. Like said, told Ridley oh. Scott, this is exactly what was in my head. There we go. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was in there. They took that and ran with it. They did. And so, yeah, it was a big thing there. He also has the the Mighty Quinn in 1989. Good old Denzel tropical uh, thing is there. It? Yeah, and he wrote or helped co-write, I believe. Yeah, he helped co-write Blade Runner 2049. Oh, very good. I do yeah, like when they, they get the back. originals back. Yeah. And, and, and especially try and run without them. Yeah, especially when it's the writer, too. When it's 40 yeah. years afterwards. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty big that they've got him back for that. Yeah. This is so weird. It's at this point right now. I'm just gonna say this like every 10, 15 minutes. I did not like this movie. I didn't. Like yeah. I liked aspects of it, but I really, really, really want to watch Blade Runner 2049. I'm desperate to watch it. The only thing that's putting me off is you said it's like nearly three hours long or something. Yeah. I don't have don't have those hours in my day right now. I would have to watch that in one hour episodes over the next few nights. Yeah, right before we started, you were like, yeah, I really want to watch that one. I go, the bigger reason I wanted to do the original one and not 2049 is 2049 is 163 minutes. No, I don't. I, I can't know. commit to that right now. <laughs> I know. But uh, eventually I will watch it. Maybe this week when I have nothing to do. Um, The other writer yeah. is David Peoples. Now, I've never heard of him, but he co-wrote or he wrote Unforgiven 1992 Best Picture winner about a western clint eastwood in a maybe oh, cool. oh my god an awesome movie and if you like westerns but are turned off by the 1950s and 60s watch that one in 1992 gene hackman plays the ultimate just bad guy motherfucker incredible movie unforgiven i haven't yes. heard of that if you're on a western kick watch put mm. that at the top of your list it's awesome produced by clint eastwood there we go yeah oh he directed it and started mm. it yeah yeah, he won a bunch so of shit cool. for that. Uh, he also wrote, this is David Peoples, also wrote 1995's 12 Monkeys, directed by <laughs> directed by Monty Python's own Terry Gilliam. <laughs> and this is a nutty fucking movie. It is when I watched it back probably in 1998 or 99, when I was like 14 <laughs> years old, I was like, oh my God, this movie's it's so deep. It's so good. I, yeah. don't, I don't know if it holds up. I'm not too sure how much of Terry Gilliam holds up. But I loved it. I can't recommend it more for a 14-year-old in 1999. 
Yeah. Actually, I was <laughs> I've 15 and 99. First... <laughs> I don't know my own age. <laughs> the first line of the plot is a deadly virus wipes out almost all of humanity, forcing survivors to live underground. The army of 12 monkeys is believed to have released the virus, which I think is just a group of people and not actually not actually monkeys. I don't know. It's not. I don't remember a <laughs> thing about this movie, except that Brad Pitt is insane in it. What, like insanely good like or just, just insane? Oh, no, oh, just like a wiry, you oh, know, okay. kind of squirrely guy. He must be quite young then. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's early Brad Pitt. No, I love that movie. Um, That'll be a good one. You gotta rewatch to go that. Back to. Yeah, that'll yeah. Be it. All right, so that's uh, the writers and directors. On to starring, starring mm-hmm. a very youthful looking Harrison Ford. This came out in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. That's what I was gonna ask. I was like, how far into Star Wars was this? It was when he started not giving a shit about Star Wars. Yeah, he's so handsome. What a handsome young man he was. Like, even in this movie where. And again, when you look at the behind the scenes stuff, I think he's partially sleepwalking. He got into it with Ridley Scott. He got into it with like other actors on set, like Sean Young, mm. uh, the main woman in this. Um, I don't even remember her fucking Rachel. name. Oh, Rachel, Rachel. Yeah, because she's with. Uh, he was very cold. And in one of the scenes where he's, you know, like coming onto her theoretically mm-hmm. and maybe mm. like a lot of that was unscripted. And she said like he was like hurting her. Yeah, it was. Well, he like pushed her up against the wall. And I was like, that was I was like, that wasn't fake. But you can tell that was that was real. Yeah. And like she didn't know that was coming. And yeah, this is the second week in a row, by the way, we've had our protagonist male character physically stop the woman from leaving their apartment and then ended up forcing them to be to kiss. Okay, so this is probably worse, though. (laughs) This was he, worse, yeah. Yes, because at least Stallone and Rocky didn't actually like grab her and throw her and throw her in, unscripted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this I was just like, oh, is it? Are you fucking kidding me? Like two, two hey, weeks man, in a row. That's the seventies and eighties. <laughs> it was like if you're a guy and you want something, you go get it. Yeah, she's playing hard to get, bro. It's she's like no, she's trying. Get. She's running away from you. <laughs> yeah, that playing hard to get in nineteen seventy six or nineteen seventy four. Yeah, 76 and mm-hmm. 82 is now called sexual assault. It is, and that's what it always was, boys. Woke, woke, woke. When's this woke? <laughs> I'm so no, woke no. right now. You're so woke. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Harrison Ford, what more, you know, it's he's so popular, what really is there to say? He came back for 2049. I imagine he got, like we talked about, two dump trucks full of money. But, and he also just did the Indiana Jones again in the Dial of Destiny, yes. which I have he's not seen. He's getting the bag. Yet. Apparently that tanked as well. Oh, my God. That what I heard from there was that might be the biggest money loser like ever of ever of ever because that movie needed to make. I'm pulling its number out of my ass if I remember it incorrectly. It had to make like five or six hundred million to break even. Exactly. Like you're not Barbie. (laughs) Yeah. You are not Barbie. You're not Oppenheimer. No, exactly. Yeah. But. They pump so much money into those films and they don't, I don't feel, I feel like they don't need to, they don't need to pump money into an Indiana Jones movie. It could be so simple and fun. It doesn't need to be that expensive. I mean, unless, well, obviously Harrison Ford is the most expensive thing. Harrison Ford, God, I need to look up what he actually got for that. I mean, I'll have to look at it because I haven't seen like the practical effects. What I love about watching these old movies is so many of the practical effects. And this is so interesting because it wasn't like this was cutting edge. 
in this one best art direction for Oscar wow. and best yeah. visual effects. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, this yeah. was this was groundbreaking in some of this stuff to do, but just so much of it is just so interesting to see. And one of them was, do you remember when Pris, played by Daryl Hannah, uh, meets Sebastian and she runs away and like slides into the car and breaks that yeah, window? Yeah, I thought that was really strange. That because that Stood was not to me. That was not supposed to happen. She accidentally oh, it was an slipped accident? and she accidentally broke open a regular window. It was not a oh, breakaway shit. window, and she got yeah. scarred and cut up oh. from it. That she st- I mean, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, and it, right in my notes go, I love old movies because of the practical stuff like this that looks so real. And you're like, oh, actually. <laughs> and then I see in the trivia, oh, it's because it was real. She was not mm-hmm. supposed to do that. One of the best ones is in Django, which I know you haven't seen yet, but you've probably seen the clip of Leonardo DiCaprio yep. cutting his hand. Cutting his Holy hand wide shit. open and staying oh, with it. Bleeding everywhere and just continuing on and that and then he grabs that woman's face i was like whoa <laughs> i wouldn't have been very happy about that oh yeah yeah, yeah that might be one of those like you went a bit like, too far mm, yeah the method acting me. i put this in our discord about a story did you see that what i put in there about daniel day lewis gangs in new york when was this what, i feel like days? i've missed that like, I'm thinking it's probably at yeah. night when you were asleep I this put is a, the thing i wake up at like 4 a.m and i read all my notifications <laughs> and then i forget that ever happened and have weird dreams for the next two hours <laughs> yeah the, the late crew comes out the american the north american crew comes yeah out. it's all the americans yeah and so this is this thing about gangs in new york i guess was filming in rome which was news to me and down day lewis playing i think bill the butcher's his name was going out and like starting arguments and fights with real people like in character and i am i am so fucking over this method acting bullshit where these guys, yeah. and it's always fucking guys. Like, you know, you say act, mm-hmm. you say fucking guys. Act like assholes, like Jared Leto and Suicide Squad. They do all this bullshit, and they're just oh, like, yeah, fuck that man, guy. I just got lost in the role. And, like, here's another fucking hot take, and y'all can come shoot me, line me up against the <laughs> wall. Daniel Day Lewis is the most fucking overrated actor ever. Really? I, I don't feel like I have an opinion on Daniel Day Lewis. It's so. because, like, he's, cause he's so method, and he does one movie every seven years. And he just gets so into the role and all the fucking Hollywood people are like, oh, my God, look at him. He's such a method actor. I'm just fucking over that shit. There Will Be Blood is the most overrated fucking movie also. Don't know how I feel about method acting. and it's, I mean, Do it in your own time, but don't go out and start fighting people. And that's just, you're just being a dickhead. You just want an excuse to be a dickhead. <laughs> yes. And it's what Sir Lawrence Olivier, widely regarded as one of the greatest actors ever, told Dawson, Dawson. Told, see if this name sounds familiar. Told Dustin God. Hoffman. Yeah, it does sound familiar. That check, guy from Saved by the Bell. Check for the clips. <laughs> check for the clips on our socials. Told Dustin Hoffman on the set of, I think it was Marathon Man, why not just try acting? And it's like, yeah, if, <laughs> if Lawrence fucking Olivier can say, hey, dude, tone it down and try to fucking act and be an actor, be yeah. a fucking actor. Don't get so into a role that it becomes your psyche and you do it, mm-hmm. you fucking knobs. Yeah, I think it's totally fair. You need to have, if you're about to go and do a big scene, you maybe just want to be left alone for, you know, the morning before and get into your character and stuff and listen to a certain music or yes. whatever. You don't need to go around acting like that person. Or even if, you know, some some actors won't won't speak to their co-stars on certain days or yeah. whatever. And it's like, yeah, I want to keep that distance from you just, just for today. I think that's understandable. But, you know, I don't think you need to be going around acting like a total twat yeah this is <laughs> this is something because i know we both talked to him about it this is something that friend of the show paul bullion again lambert mm. from witcher 
something we need to get him on and like delve into that or get his thoughts I about. I would love to ask him about that because I think he would have a great thing yeah. to say. Oh, about. I know I've asked him about like getting into character like on a set when they say cut and then you have to over and over and over. But yeah, I'm just wondering someone like him is actually in the business. Has he ever been on set with someone who is just like zoom, like in the fucking mm-hmm. zone, like a big name or something? Mm. I think I, I kept thinking about uh, a film that you mentioned, Napoleon. I think it's got Joaquin Phoenix in it, right? He's another one that, yeah. oh my God, that interview with David Letterman when he was in character, when oh. he quit acting to become a rapper. Was that when he was... I don't know if this is the same one because I can't picture who David Letterman is, but because there's a scene in the Joker film, which is where he's being interviewed by Robert De Niro on a talk show and it's really fucking awkward and it's like the most horrible thing I've ever seen. And I feel like one of the late night show hosts from America was trying to kind of imitate that a little bit, but nobody really knew if Joaquin Phoenix was acting or no, th- this was like it was actually really awkward there was this was like 15 years ago maybe sometime in the mid 2000s oh, okay. when there was this documentary and i'm using quotes right now because nobody else can see me about joaquin phoenix following him and i can't remember the name of it and i don't want to kill too much time looking it up right now and it came out and he was promoting that and so he goes on david letterman which was the second biggest one this tonight show and then like the late show whatever it is like two of the biggest ones on tv and he goes in this character. Well, I shouldn't say character. He's going as himself. And he just goes along with it. And Letterman's just like, are you fucking like, are you serious? Blah, blah, blah. Trying to be, you know, an actual interview. And he just holds on to it. And he did this, I swear if I remember correctly, for weeks or like a month, a month. And people are just like, this is not fucking real. And this is pre-Twitter. This is so long ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it came out. Oh, no, it was for this fucking documentary or something coming out. And I'm like, that is so fucking embarrassing. It's so weird. <laughs> it's just he, bizarre. And his brother, I'm not going to be mean and say the wrong one died because I like Walking Phoenix, but River Phoenix, man. Oh, River Phoenix should not have died. His brother, River Phoenix, OD'd uh, the Viper. You know who it is? I don't okay. know who he is, but I remember hearing about his death. Yeah, he, what's he, what's he, what's eating Gilbert Grape or is that DiCaprio? I don't know. He, he'd been like Oscar nominated, fucking OD'd at like the age of 21 or 22. He oh, played gosh. young Indiana Jones, not the show. Oh. But Indiana Jones in The Last Crusade, the beginning of that, he's the young one. So fucking good. So fucking tragic, man. Fucking drugs. But yeah, yeah he, um, uh, there's a different timeline where not only does that guy live, but he's, he gets to do a bunch of movies and he's great. But there, I, I need to get a new signal for a rant and just put an alarm <laughs> when a rant comes because I just had an impromptu rant. Okay. Back on track here. Uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah. That's what we know. Next up, Rutger Hauer. Now, I know who Rutger Hauer is. And if you just said, hey, who is Rutger Hauer? Like, oh, man, you know, big name actor in the 80s, you know, some stuff in the 90s. I could not have named a movie he did. And I'm looking oh. through this filmography and all of it. I don't remember any of this. Blind Fury comes to ring a bell. All of this shit going up <laughs> into there. I have no idea. So there's this, so many films there's so in his many. filmography. And I don't know any of them apart from. Blade Runner. And no. he was tied with Paul Verhoeven, who would do Starship Troopers, and he would do, speaking of a great, you want to talk about like a cyberpunk kind of 80s futuristic movie? Go fucking Robocop. That's what oh, I yeah? want instead of this yeah. movie. He did that one, but he's not in those movies. He's in a bunch of these. Soldier of Orange is one, a Katie Tipple, Turkish Delight. These are all Paul Verhoeven, supremely underrated director, and he's not in any of the ones that come after it. And all of this stuff here, 
I'm like, I got no idea. I got no idea. I got no idea. Hobo with yeah. a shotgun. No, I know. Yeah, I, fe- I felt like that name rang a bell. And yes. I was like, why do I recognize this? I think someone but in Discord might have recommended Must that. have been. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's all totally lost on me. But I thought he was really good in this. He was absolutely incredible. And the not I'm not going to say the only bright spot in this, but he was so goddamn good that it stuck out that if you want me to bump this, he and the ending scene, the tears in the rain, that alone will bump this up tier. Like it will drag itself above it because it was so fucking good. And he was so fucking good. Mm -hmm. The only the, the performances weren't bad. But oh my God, Harrison Ford Deckard is his name. Yep. The most boring fucking protagonist that I can remember. Uh, Tell me something about him. Other than he's a fucking trigger happy cop. (laughs) I don't really. Yeah, I didn't. It's so weird because like I'm comparing Harrison Ford's other characters like I was about to say Harrison Ford. Yeah, that's his other character. Um, Han Solo. And indie, like there's, you know, they've got a bit about them. They're oh, a bit complete. more exciting, oh, totally. yeah. And they're cheeky or whatever. But this guy, Deckard, is just a bit flat, boring. You're boring. being nice. Yeah, I am trying to be nice. You are trying to be nice. No, it was character was boring. This, okay, I think it was I'm, Harrison. I'm talking as if Harrison Ford's going to hear this. Like, I didn't think you were that bad. <laughs> well, uh, Harrison, if you're listening, correct me. I thought I saw where he actually said that he didn't care for this movie. Because it's a detective story with no detecting. Yeah. And it's spot on. He does like, oh, my God, that six minute scene or seven minute scene of him breaking down the photograph. Go 19 by 16. I think that was the moment when I text when I text you being like, I'm really struggling. Oh, my God. Yes. I'm a millennial, everyone. I'm I'm from the TikTok generation. I do not have a good enough attention span for this film. Millennials are not the TikTok generation. That's no, no, but I'm on the cusp. You are. You're right. You're You're an elder millennial. You are. I'm an (laughs) elder. You're actually like right in the middle of like a millennial. No, no. I am. I'm a. I'm three or four years off. Yeah. Five I, years off being a Gen yeah. Z. Yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. The late nineties going into there, but yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm an elder millennial, <laughs> but no, I, and I know we're kind of bouncing around here. I do wonder if I would, Oh, we should have fucking, God damn it. We should have said that. This is the first time viewing for both of us. It is. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah, should, yeah. we definitely should have said that for a 40 year old movie. If I would have seen this movie 20 years ago, in my high school prime when I was getting into film, not movies. Oh, yeah. I, I, it, it, it would have been very different. Because like you said there, despite being almost 40 years old, my fucking short-term attention span and everything is that same way. Mm-hmm. And with this, we also should have, should have said that we both watched the final cut. Yes. And so a big thing was in the original one, there was narration, which would make sense. Because there were times here when I'm watching this last night. I'm like, no one said anything for like two minutes, have they? And yeah. I think that was the narration, the narration that they removed was. from the final cut. I kind of feel like I should have watched that version with the narration. And I maybe would have kept my attention a little bit more because there was bits when I was, especially because I've got two monitors, I was like trying to watch a film. And I was like, oh, Twitter's right there. Twitter's right there. Why are you keeping <laughs> Twitter up? Keep your notes up. You are. A, I've you got are notes, notes, Twitter, film. I got three get off twitter yeah i just have it there just in case anything crazy happens 
You can you can get it after the two hour movie. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to my students now, where I'm like, you can put your phone away for 15 goddamn minutes. Whatever happens, you won't be able to do anything about it anyway. Like, God dang, that FOMO, FOMO is real. The FOMO is so real. Yeah. I don't even remember what the point. Oh, yeah, yeah. 20 years ago, when my attention span was better and I was into it, yeah. I bet I would have liked this a lot more, even though I really wasn't into like the whole cyberpunk genre that I mm-hmm. would be more into now. And so, yeah, I'm just watching it last night. And I'm like, my God, this is the slowest burn of a movie I've ever seen. But going back to the narration, Harrison Ford had to be borderline dragged into the booth to do it. He hated oh, so it. Was it was his voice doing it. Okay. Yes, he hated it. He didn't want, yeah, his character, he didn't want to do it. And he said it was bad writing and it was shit. <laughs> and like, so not only, oh, God, I should have listened to some of it. Apparently, he's half-assing it. And a half-ass mm. Harrison Ford is like a quarter-ass of everybody else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can only imagine how those lines would have been delivered. I, I feel like we need to get a clip and put some put some of it in oh, just yeah, as like a reference because oh I, I didn't go and listen to any of that either, but they don't advertise for killers in a newspaper. That was my profession. Ex cop. Ex Blade Runner. I kinda wish I'd watched that version of the film though. Yeah, but by all accounts what I've heard I am watching it again. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, from what I've heard, though, is this is a much better version. And okay. there's a yeah. different ending, too. Oh, yeah, shit. There's a different ending in that sense. So we'll get to that um, again towards the end. Uh, which uh, Rutger Hauer, I thought, was in a lot more well-known stuff, but apparently not. Dutch, mm. uh, Dutch, any R.I.P. died in 2019. So moment of silence uh, for Rutger Hauer. All right, there's the moment. Uh, next up, Sean Young, S-E-A-N. And this was the first woman that i can remember having in androgynous name ah. or what or what i would consider a guy's name a masculine or male name yeah and anybody my age will probably remember her from 1994's ace ventura pet detective <gasps> no way is she in that she's lois einhorn oh uh, my god and spoiler alert for a now my god how is that going to be a 30 year old movie next year ace uh, ventura yeah, I should say Ooh. they are Lois Einhorn and Ray Finkel. What was that? Sorry, she plays Lois Einhorn and Ray Finkel. Oh, okay. Have you seen that movie? I can't remember it. I, ha- I would have seen oh, it when you, I was younger, but you I can't remem- remember it. You remember the ending, right? No, no. Wow. Okay, that ending is. Oh no! Seared- what happens? That ending is seared into my psyche. We'll go over this, but uh, if you look up the word. Or if you look up the phrase transphobic in movies or cinema, number one That's with a it. bullet will be Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Oh, but God. I don't do know not, what it is. How do you not remember that ending? My God. Okay. Mm. Uh, okay. Well, well, guess we'll just have to do that movie uh, sometime. <laughs> sure. Uh, but she's in uh, a bunch of stuff also. I'm sure there's, you know, stuff in there that maybe people will come to think. Bone Tomahawk was a big one if you're into, what was it, a S. Craig Zeller or whatever it is, she was in that. Um, that's really the only thing, but she's super young here. And um what a what a performance there is, Rachel. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought she was quite good. Like there was I thought it was quite sad, you know, when her character starts to realize all the things are not real and yeah, it's just kind of sad. The lifespan and everything with them. Yeah, yeah. It's just like kind of heartbreaking, actually. Yeah. And before, while we're on that topic right there, 
I, I told you we're going to bounce around, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the thing about this movie is, on its head, I didn't like it. But mm-hmm. my God, what it influenced, I love. Mm. Obviously, you with Cyberpunk, which you like, loved yeah. in that sense. The questions it raises, like stuff like that. The fact that this was probably one of the first movies, if not the first movie, to bring up humanity. Because, again, that was yeah. Philip K. Dick's whole thing was robots and humanity in what mm-hmm. separates it, what happens when they become, or I should say, you know, in this story and whatnot. Like, do androids dream of electric sheep? Obviously, that is a reference to when humans count sheep to go there. Yeah. So do androids, do they do that to go to sleep because they're almost human? Stuff like that that it brings up. When, like, this movie takes place, by the way, 2019. Yeah, that <laughs> fucking cracked me up. Oh, where it's like, dying LA, laughing. 2019. Whoa. It's all futuristic flying cars. I was like, oh my God. Los Angeles. I'd be so disappointed if they could see us now. It's just, it's just like 1982, but kind of shittier. Yeah, it's just kind of like everybody's more depressed and tired. <laughs> yeah, but like goes back to that notion we talked about with Star Wars with the droids, how George Lucas is making them like scream in pain. Yeah. And it's like, why yeah, are you doing don't that? like that? Don't like that. But these ones, yeah, these this is kind of another level of sick where they're not even they don't even realize that they are yes, replicants. They're like so they human. think they're human. Yeah. And yeah. Then, don't like it. And they're apparently what I got out of it was they're not really told that they have like that four year lifespan. And so yeah, with these, yeah, yeah, they don't realize the ones that they're going after, the one that um Decker's supposed to kill, these four were 2016. Um, I think I saw a 2017 on there also. Yeah. Yeah. And and they have four years. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, like so not long. And the whole point of we should say he plays Batty, Roy Batty, uh was Rutger <laughs> Hauer, was them realizing like, oh shit, we want to extend it. And we're yeah, we do... want to continue living. They've we got want... this will inside yeah. them. Yeah. And then, like you said there, they don't know that they're fake. That yeah. These memories have been implanted in them, and they think it's real. And we mm. will get to the tears in the rain speech. We will get to that. And like that, those questions posed by this and the feel of everything yeah. is just what I love. And again, this is going to bump it up a tier. Mm-hmm. But they don't do anything with it. Like, I wanted to play cyberpunk after this. I wanted a fucking detective story in a cyberpunk world in this movie. I know it was first through the door and it mm-hmm. laid the groundwork for it. But on its head, the movie just did not deliver anything of note in that sense for me. It's funny you mentioned that you want a detective story in a cyberpunk world because we didn't even say why we're doing this film this week. Oh my God, we did. We are because, so, God, we're scatterbrained. It's because this week there is a spy thriller detective story set in a cyberpunk world being released. And it's the Phantom Liberty expansion. There it is. We're going to get right into that. Last one to talk about Edward James Almost. The only one on there was because he was in Two Guns. Did you recognize that oh. name? No, he was, he was the boss shit. in Two Guns. He was a Mexican cartel boss. Oh, I missed yeah. that one. And he My plays bad. and he plays Gaff. Yep. And we talked about yes, Daryl Hannah Gaff. perfectly. Okay. Yes. As we God, we're so bad now. <laughs> yes, this is for <laughs> Phantom Liberty, the cyberpunk game. And you not only got a like preview copy of it. Who? Hello, Twitch partner. You got to yes. go to a special party. Oh my god! I, yeah, I've had the biggest cyberpunk week of my life, probably. Um, so they sent me a review code for the game, which was amazing. Got to play it a little bit early. Um, 
some of my YouTuber friends have had the review codes for a few weeks and they've managed to like finish the full game, get out oh, a whole proper review okay. video. Yeah. yeah, but I think that's not my kind of content. I don't do reviews. I do like a Let's Play style video. So they just gave me like five days early access. Um, but wait, wait, you're a girl. What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> the comment, remember? Didn't oh, someone comment you're one? a girl? <laughs> I mean, yes, people comment that a lot. I can't remember the specific Oh, I thought one. there was a specific one where someone was just like, they, all they wrote was, you're a girl. Yeah, that's ringing a bell. I'm going to okay. have to find that because I do remember that. But somewhere just happened, like, my brain is mush right oh, now. Oh, I'm but sorry. That definitely was derailed. a thing. Okay. No, 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 that was yeah. a thing, definitely. But, um, yeah, the party was amazing. They've Who'd you get to a... meet? Who did Who'd you I get, get to meet? meet? I got to meet Mr. Idris Elba, and it was the most wonderful uh two minutes of my life and when you saw when there was that picture of idris elba i legit was just like oh my god now i'm fucking jealous <laughs> i would have killed just to fucking hear that dude's voice in real life oh, yeah do you know what it was really great like that whole moment i am so into like thinking thinking becomes reality this is like me manifesting my life, right? So at the start of the year, I have my notes app on my phone and I have a list of things that I want to do in this year, okay? Some of them are like podcast related. Like it used to be like, get this guest, get this guest, get this guest, do this, um, go to Texas as one of them, go to Texas, go to Canada, and then um, get early access to Phantom Liberty. And then the last one on my list was meet and get was a photo really? with Idris Elba. Yeah, Damn. and I was going around the, I was going around the bar going, look, everyone, I'm going to take this off my list. God. And nobody else was able to get a photo with him because he went up to the VIP area. So all the other photos that you'll see of him that night are from the VIP area and with the CDPR staff. And oh, you like weren't that. in the VIP? No, I wasn't in the VIP. Okay, okay. well, no. how, how did you get it? So I, everybody was stood at the bar and he was a surprise that he was there. And I was like, I really need the toilet. I'm just going to go. So I left everybody at the bar, went all the way around like the, and ended up randomly at like the back of the stage. And I was like, why am I here? I can't, I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. So I was like trying to get from the back of the stage through to the toilets and I couldn't get through because there was a load of people. And I was like, this is weird. Where, where's all these people? And then I seen him stood there and I was like, no, it was this dumb is before, luck. This is before he went on the stage. And I was like, oh, fuck. So then he went on the stage, did his thing, which you can see. Like, there's, they've put out this really, really good video. I really highly recommend you go and watch it. It's on my Twitter. It's on their YouTube. Um, he went up on the stage and did his thing. And I just stood at the bottom of the stairs. And I was like, I'm waiting for him to come back down those stairs. And his, like, people were trying to move me away. And I was like, can I just get a quick picture with him, please? And they were like, okay, but you have to be really quick. Like, get your phone wow. out now. Get ready. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So he came down the stairs and, um, you know, people were talking to him. And I just put my hand out and I was like, please, can I um just get a quick picture? Like, I'm really, really buzzing to meet you. And he was like, yeah, no problem, no problem. And then it was so dark in there. I put my phone up and, you know, like the front flash on a phone. Yeah. It wasn't like flash because it was so, so dark in there. It went flash and then it just, just stayed, stayed on, on for ages and i was like oh my god this is so fucking awkward and then the photo came out so badly and i was like oh fuck i said to him like i'm really really excited for you in this game by the way like i'm so happy you've got into it because it's just such a fucking cool thing and i'm so excited for your character and i was just this is like a small thing but i was so pleased that he just just like seemed genuinely interested in what i had to say and he 
was like really kind and like you got thanked to keep me before. talking to oh okay. yeah yeah i had a quick wow. chat with him really quick i was like blah, blah, blah. um and he he just seemed like he didn't rush off do you know what yeah, i mean like he yeah. stayed and he like he like listened to me and he like genuinely thanked me for saying that before he got ushered away but um thank fuck honestly thank apple thank steve jobs whatever for live photo because the photo came out so fucking bad but when you have a live photo, you can change you can, yeah. the keyframe. And I got the good shot. And I was like, oh wow. my God. I was like, I can't, I'm gonna have to run after him. This photo shit, Idris. Let's get another one. Jeez. <laughs> but yeah, I was just exactly the right place, right time, all by accident. He got ushered away upstairs to the VIP area with his beautiful wife. And he chilled up there all night. Damn, that is awesome. Now that's a story right there. It was great. Yeah, I'm so I was so pleased. And then I ran back to the bar and I was like, look. And I showed everybody, my friend the photo everybody. of me and Idris Elba. And she goes, where was he? And they hadn't even realized that he was on the stage. Jeez. <laughs> no, like, like in all seriousness, like that's the only thing that I legit be jealous about. Yeah. The whole, the whole event though was amazing. Like it was a very, very good event. Friend of the podcast, Julia Hardy hosted the whole night. Um, that was really, really cool. Loads of music from the game. The composers were there doing a live performance of their the original score from the game. It was very much um, a themed night. Yeah. It was very, very cool. They had the whole event like decked out in cyberpunk style stuff. Um, another friend I was there who used to be who came on the show before Tia Spessy. Loads of people were there um, that have been guests on the podcast before, and it was just yeah, it was really fucking cool. And that stuff is what I kind of love to do. So now you're officially a CDPR shill. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nah, I'm you've shilling. Been I'm one. shilling nah, so you, hard. Now nah, you've I've been, been one, one, right? <laughs> yeah. CDPR and Netflix. Netflix <laughs> shill. Yeah. <laughs> How much you get paid by them? No. Okay. All right. No, that's awesome to hear. And with that, there are a lot of game references in this movie. Well, so, there's a lot of movie oh, references. Okay. We should say movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> movie references in the game, I should say. There you go. Yeah. 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 So um, this is a lot of the game references sorry the movie references in the game were completely lost on me at the time of playing because i hadn't seen the film so after watching the film i just had a quick look on the cyberpunk wiki and now it all kind of makes sense yeah and i haven't really played the game too much i think i only really played yeah. like about maybe four to five hours into it yeah so one you might have met misty in the game who yeah. is jackie wells girlfriend she is yeah. modeled after uh pris okay so her whole look the, with the blonde yes. hair and the and choker the and the eye makeup yeah, yeah. so yeah. she's uh completely modeled after pris yeah there is the blade runner perk in the game which you can add to your character which increases all damage dealt to drones mechs and robots makes sense robox 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 um robox yeah <laughs> wait you're trying to say um, robot yeah, I said okay. robot, but okay. I meant robot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was, was like, just hey, trying to, I was going to just walk past that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> robot. <laughs> um, there's also in North Oak in the game, there is something called a columbarium, which is kind of like a graveyard, but a futuristic graveyard because they don't have enough space for graves now. Um, you can go around this and find plaques for several characters that have died mm, in game, but there's yeah. also random characters as well there's one uh for roy batty and it has the final words all these moments will be lost in time like tears in rain they're okay. inscribed on a plaque and it's in honor of both the character and the actor and it oh, has a symbolic it image of a dove 
um, on the words. Yeah, because this came out in like 2020. 2020, and he died in 2019. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's a, for both of them. Yeah, that would be completely lost on me. Yeah, the I name, would never yeah. have noticed. Yeah. No. Um, one of the biggest ones is um, where you can go to an area of the game called Vista del Rey in Haywood. And you go up onto the top of a hotel. And when you go to the top of the hotel, no matter what time you are in game, it immediately changes to night. And it is the only thing you can do in the game to trigger rain. So other than that, the weather is very sporadic and random. But if you ever want rain, if you need rain in the game for whatever reason, if you go to this roof, it always turns the rain on. And um, you can go up there and there will be a dead NPC, but they are kind of propped up, sat half naked, sitting in the rain, holding a bird. And it's all the blue lights are on, the rain's hitting them, and it's it's pretty much the exact replica of the tears in the rain scene at the very end. Wow. So he's just kind of sat there, just how Roy Batty is at the end where he dies. It's God, really that's cool. Cool, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, because that's the thing in this in Blade Runner, it's just always raining. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> always, yeah. So that's the way you trigger the rain as well, which I love because when, especially since I got my new graphics card. When you're playing this game in the rain, it looks so fucking good. Like yeah. the rain on the reflections and everything. So I always go up there just to turn the rain on. <laughs> but the last one I have, um, and you definitely won't have seen this one because it's part of one of the endings. Okay. I'll try not to spoil anything, but it's during the Arasaka ending. All right, everybody, the... you are now <laughs> amply warned. You are warned. And it Warning. is also called the devil ending. And... It's probably my least favorite ending just because of how long and monotonous it is. But you're enduring a series of tests. Okay. One of these will be the Void Kampf test, which was created obviously in the Blade Runner universe. And it's designed to distinguish between humans and replicants. And it is awful, this part of the (laughs) game. You're just, you're sat in the bed and you're being asked the same questions every single day. And then you get made to do a Rubik's Cube. And yeah, the same woman comes in every morning and it's like so awful, so, so awful. And eventually you just end up smashing the room up. I was about to say, do you get to pull out a gun and blow her away? You don't because you're just locked in this room with nothing. Um, But you get given the Rubik's Cube and then you, you can smash up your room eventually. But that's all. Okay. Yeah, that's the, that's the list of references I have. Um, I'm sure there's probably more sneaky ones. I think there's even something as small as a certain glass you drink from is from the film oh, yeah. but I, I i wasn't paying that much attention um but yeah if you have any more i'd love to hear them join that discord or get in that discord yeah. and let us know so the next thing really to go in is the feel of the movie we talked about it already we can get more into it just from the poster the poster of this movie again i don't consider myself a kid of the 80s or an 80s kid i was born in 84 but i'm much more 90s but yeah. this poster is so fucking 80s. And it was this oh. early 80s where it straddled the 70s. And the font of it is just like Metal Gears. Like mm-hmm. the OG Metal Gear from back in the 80s and the early 90s. So that instantly just sends me back to that time and that nostalgia. I fucking love it. The movie starts, and we talked about it, after I got my laugh out of Los Angeles, 2019. <laughs> yes, flying <laughs> cars. All, like, flying cars. And it gets all that, the music. Oh, my God. God, yeah. the synth music, and this was done by I think you pronounce it Vangelis, Vangelis, something like that. It's a Greek guy who won an Oscar the previous year for Chariots of Fire. 
Oh wow. Has the most famous song dun 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 with people like running in slow motion. That's this same guy. When they played that, and it's this, it's this dystopian, and I'm saying that in quotes, don't get me wrong. It's bad. I don't want to live there. But being a fucking child of North Texas suburbs, big cities will always fascinate me. And I want so bad to go to what I consider like the most cyberpunky now, like Tokyo or some yeah, big Japanese city. And I want it to be raining and I want to walk around at night and just go to a noodle bar and just yeah. go into these things. And so when he's doing that there, when he stops and he gets those noodles, mm-hmm. and it's just this vibrant city and you can just walk and you can do whatever. I fucking love that so much. And that's honestly what drew yeah. me to cyberpunk also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the vibe as well. That was my favorite part of this film yeah. is the city. The city is very like Night City from Cyberpunk, even down to, you know, it's you can tell that it's an old, gritty city, but they have all the neon lights and then you see the flying car or people have got slightly futuristic looking outfits. Um, one thing also that is in Cyberpunk is the umbrellas, the umbrellas that have got the neon um lining i love yeah. that and that's something i love as well that's why i like to make it rain on cyberpunk because all the npcs get out their little glowing umbrellas and this one also <laughs> had like the japanese inspired looking like parasols yes. as well yeah yeah yeah. that's what i was curious as well about is um night city and cyberpunk has got a lot of asian influence mm-hmm. and this film did as well so i don't know if that's just a part of the cyberpunk genre but it was very prevalent in both yeah, I think it's definitely part of that cyberpunk. And we should say also, like, we know the RPG, the cyberpunk RPG was the original, the TTRPG, the tabletop RPG, was the mm-hmm. first one in the game Yeah, uh, came out of that. Kind of like The Witcher came out of the books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It's all created by Mike Pondsmith. Yep. And, um, yeah, the game is just one part of that. We still, man, we still need to do, we need to get Tracy Again, friend of the show, guest of the show, Tracy, to run us through a cyberpunk one. Oh, cyberpunk I would TTRPG. do anything. And do you know who would love to do that as well? Basic Wit Girl. Oh, yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. She's way into... She got into yeah. cyberpunk. Mm-hmm, <laughs> got into that mm-hmm. as well. And I know that... And it's. I feel so, like, almost hypocritical with it because... And people don't want to, you know, admit this when they talk about, why are they making games political? Cyberpunk... The whole dystopian thing of this is absolutely a criticism and an indictment of late, late stage capitalism in that sense. Mm. I'm, again, as very anti-capitalist as you'll find somebody. But I look at this and I'm like, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind living there for a little bit or visiting it, even though I know that it's the end result. It's bad. Yeah. You're not supposed to like it. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not supposed to like it. But again, I just blame the fact that I've lived in when I say boring, I also mean safe, (laughs) like suburbs in that sense. Because even when I went to London and Paris, but especially London, the ability to just wake up and then walk outside and within two minutes, just have the fucking city and walk 10 minutes and go into this and go into that, that freedom that I don't yeah. have here that I have to drive everywhere and I have traffic. And I just something like this. It's so fun for me to do it. And do you remember the Mandalorian episode, which was cyberpunk yes. based? Oh, yes. So cool. It, it was, was so this- cool. It was the same thing, and that was a fucking detective story where Mando yeah. and Bo go around. And I remember watching that. I'm like, this is what I fucking want. And mm-hmm. so with this, it gets bumped up a tier when I'm like, fuck, I love this. I want to just experience it. But as you mentioned before, so, so little happens in this fucking movie. Harrison yeah. Ford, uh, Deckard, not Drecker, Drecker, yeah. Drecker. 
Decker? Oh, no, 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 no. It's not Eric it's Decker. De it's a Deckard. 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 Okay. Deckard. He's a detective who doesn't detect. Most <laughs> the, the this guy. Oh, I forgot to mention him. And I'll say it right now. A uh, Bryant. The actor playing Bryant, the guy who tells him what to do, who arrests him and sends him in. Oh, yeah. D did he ring a bell? Did he look familiar? No. Go back two weeks ago. To wild, to wild, Wild West, the no, train conductor, not. hey, boy, boys, what's your name? I'm M. Emmett Walsh, see? That's <laughs> oh, no. him. That is the great M. Emmett Walsh playing Bryant. And I looked at him for like 10 seconds. I'm like, that's somebody, oh my fucking God, that is M. Emmett Walsh. <laughs> and he's and, in Wild, Wild West. And he's in, he's the train conductor in there. Hey, what's your shit here? Looking up on them uh, boobies there? Anyway. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> that's um, brilliant. Yeah, from Blade Runner to Wild Wild West in 17 years. <laughs> uh, so where did I divulge this from? Where was I? Um, what was I talking about before we went back there? Oh, just no, no, no. About... Okay. About yeah. like the, the detective aspect of it. Mm -hmm. He's told these four people go kill them. And like, that's it. And he kind of finds them. He does that little bit of detecting we talked about with the photograph, 17 into 26, which went on. And oh. on amazing visual effects. If it won the Oscar, good for you. You know, glory to you. You got it. Mm -hmm. But he just goes, he blasts people. He's fucking blasting that woman in the back out in the open. Like, bro, you could hit uh, anybody yeah. else. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. There's just, and every scene where he's shooting a woman goes into slow motion. I was like, damn, <laughs> why are and we he, doing this? And he keeps going at it. Like, he'll blow yeah. him away and shoot him in the head enough to do it. Mm hmm. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, so with that, now I take it back off. And it is one of those where I wonder if they would have gotten a second chance at this like two years later or three years later. With Oh, you think if they just delayed it a little bit? No, I mean, you made your mistakes. Like you saw oh. what happened here. The technology's there. The world is there. Could maybe somebody else have, you know, written an actual story and plot yeah. and yeah. put it in there. And honestly, maybe that's what they've done with, you know, like Cyberpunk and Phantom Liberty. Yeah, they've definitely they've definitely got the grounds for such a cool universe oh and God, yeah. ideas for stories. And yeah, you're right. Even then, little episodes like The Mandalorian can then build oh. their own little stories within that. And Cyberpunk's obviously ran with it and made mm. a complete world story characters that have lasted years and will continue to go on. Yeah, and a big reason to me is this is essentially also called like neo noir. And yes. you take the 1940s and you take that story and you put it into this. They're walking around the narration, the hard boiled detective aspect of it is yeah. that. And so that's what kind of draws me to. And I did also hear that 2049 does have more of a like mystery based plot. OK, yeah, I am going to watch. I think I'm going to have to put a few hours aside and see because I do like Ryan Gosling as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, he and Anna de Armas is in it, too. Oh, no way. Yeah, okay, cool. Who doesn't like her? There's actually a cyberpunk book that came out recently. Well, actually in the last year, okay. which I have bought and is meant to be really good, but I'm not a very good reader, but you might like it. It's called No Coincidence, and it's set in the cyberpunk 2077 world. So no same world as the game, same yeah. world as Edge Runners, and yeah, I'm really intrigued to read it a bit more, but just if anybody's looking for more cyberpunk that's right. And, there and you if go. You, yeah. If you watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners on Netflix, go way back to when we covered yeah. it episode by episode. It was about a year ago. It was about a year ago. Was it really? Like yeah. September, man. 
Mm-hmm. It's coming up to two years of the podcast soon. We mustn't forget that. We must yeah. not forget that. Actually, I've put it in my calendar so we don't forget it. There's also another milestone we missed that we need to go back to. Oh my god! <laughs> we keep yeah. doing it. Okay, we should delete some old episodes. Uh, so that we yeah, can hit that one again. <laughs> get rid of them. And be like, hey, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Speaking of that, Gomer Pyle voice. Okay, uh, so that yeah, the vibe of it is unbelievable. At this point now, we talked. This is the least amount of notes I've had. There's a couple yes, of him. scenes I'm going to jump around to, a couple of things to talk about. I apologize to anybody that really wanted us to go like scene by scene into anything like that. I promise when this comes out, if you want our thoughts about it, jump in that Discord. We'll discuss it. I have a feeling we're pissing off some people that we're going <laughs> to get. We're going to hear it from some people. I get it. Uh, but yeah, as far as that, we had the, the murdering cop on there. How about Harrison Ford's what I call feminine voice when he goes undercover? Yeah, what was that all about? That was, and not even of the time, right? I'm not judging it with the 2023 lens, okay? Like, he's getting undercover, that's fine. But he dresses the same. He looks the same. He just does this, like, gay voice. Yeah, a very camp voice out of nowhere. And then he, like, struggles to keep it up. And I was like, what is this? What are you... So yeah. this is him trying to get his way into the woman's dressing room, basically, without being chucked out. Yeah, and I, yeah, I guess back then it was, oh, gay people, they, they're yeah. fine. Let is them this, in. Yeah. It's wait, fine. is this is this the same person you end up shooting? Like that yeah, was, yeah. That was running away. Woman, yes. Yeah, this is the woman that is one of the replicants, and he's trying to suss out if she is or not, and he chases her down, shoots her in the back. In the middle of the city with all these people. Yeah, and she flies through several glass windows being shot in slow motion. Dude, they got their money's (laughs) worth on that. Jesus. I think that's the first one he gets. Was it? Okay. I mean, I couldn't couldn't remember too much in that. Um, Another one that stood out was, like I said, that Gomer Pyle boys. Sebastian, the connection yeah. to Tyrell, which by the way, when I saw Tyrell, I was like, hey, George R. R. Martin, maybe he yeah, is watching yeah, Blade Runner. Too, yeah. <laughs> Lord of Highgarden, uh, Tyrell right here. And this connection to it is Jeff Sebastian. This is the person who Pris like, got startled by and ran into, and she kind of sets him up here. This voice here is just kind of wild. Just want to build some robots. Was that voice yeah. crazy to you? It did stand out in comparison to the rest of the people. Yeah. yeah. A bit odd. Yeah. Gomer Pyle was this character from, it might have been from Andy Griffith. They spun off everything there. Surprise, surprise. Just, <laughs> just real Southerner here. And I just, I couldn't not hear that as he's doing this wild, like 50s hillbilly voice in the future <laughs> cyberpunk. I'm like, how did he develop this accent? In 2019, Los Angeles. Where's this guy? Was he just raised on Gomer Pyle, MC, USMC, or that show <laughs> that he was on? Uh, but yeah, this is William Sanderson, an ultimate, what they would call, uh, character actor. He was in Deadwood, uh, True Blood. He was a sheriff there. And yeah, he's uh, he's still alive here. Oh, good. Good for him. In Bones? Yeah, big old, big old character actor in there. I did have in my notes, this motherfucker's supposed to be 25. Yeah, I wrote, this dude is 25, what? Before he said <laughs> that he ages quickly because of yeah. something or other. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I was like, okay, I'm going to keep that note in there. When he said 25, I was like, oh my God. Like, like, excuse me? Is this supposed to be like a 1919-25? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy goes in there. Uh, those creepy little dolls. 
Yeah, the I didn't... robots. Oh, I was not into that. No, 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 I didn't. I didn't like that at all. When he come, when he gets home, and they come out going, "Hey, JF, how are you?" I didn't like it at all. Yeah, and I tried to look it up. I might have missed it. Were those little people? I think so. They had because they would come back in the film a little bit later on as well, and I was like, I think they are. Yeah, they, they come back. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man, yeah that that was all wild. Oh my god, when um. When Batty, oh, the Oberyn to... Martell, yes, the Oberyn Martell. And I'm not gonna lie, I, I'm sitting there and I'm watching it, and he starts doing it. And I'm like, No, nah, they're not gonna do it. No, oh my god, they're gonna do it. it. And yeah, I, I was, oh, I fat, I hit 10 seconds ahead. I hit the 10, yeah. I couldn't, no, 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 I will never do that after goddamn Oberyn Martell in the mountain. Yeah, I can't see that again. There was a moment that I've started playing hear, the new. You could hear it, the screaming, oh. the crushing noise. God. Yeah, I, I can't, and all I can hear is. Ilaria Sand screaming in the background, oh, like real shriek. Oh, I hate it. There's a moment in the Cyberpunk um, expansion that I started a few nights ago where you have to, uh, like, somebody that you're helping has got like a tracker in them. Mm-hmm. You have to slice them open and take the tracker out. Oh. And I was just sat there, like, I don't want to do it. It's so horrible. Are they like screaming? No, no, she's badass. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, okay, she's good. like, do it, do it, do it. Do and I'm it. like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> do it. Yeah. Um, another thing is that they call them skin jobs. I guess that's their like N word of the future. Oh, but they gross. call them that. Yeah. Like the derogatory term for the replicants, a skin mm-hmm. job. I also love the word they use to kill them is retire. Retire. That's very cool. Yeah. Let's that retire is. these people. And then Rachel says, have you ever accidentally retired a human? Yeah. Which again, I love that also, and maybe I'm looking too far into it, is that further dehumanizes them because mm-hmm. you're not killing them. You're not executing them. You're not even euthanizing them. You can't them. kill something. It's not alive. Yeah. But it's not just that. It's you're retiring them because they're not people. They're things. Just, so it, yeah, they don't have slaves. feelings. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. They're just not working anymore. So they're retired. They're not working. Yeah. And like these, they went on a fucking rampage. That's okay. All right. We're getting into Batty. I wanted to save it till the end, but we can just go ahead and do that uh, now. I am far more interested in Batty and these replicants than I am fucking, I can't even remember his goddamn name, Deckard. Right? Deckard. Don't we say Dreckard? No, Deckard. I'm so much more interested in Batty and what they're doing because they actually have a reason for existing. Like Deckard yes. is literally, go kill these people. Why? He has nothing fucking personal. Obviously, something yeah. maybe Bryant is holding over him, but mm-hmm. why? Why does he care this fucking much? And then he falls in love with Rachel. When we say, when I say in love, it's in quotes because again, he kind of assaults her. Yeah. Is it because she's a replicant and you can't? You see, there's all these questions are coming up to me that they may not even need to be answered. Yeah, it's a strange one because she is a replicant, and but she doesn't think she is. No, and, and then... it took him a lot. It was at hours. He said he can usually do it within like twenty questions, but it took yes, hundreds to decipher whether or not yeah. she is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because she is a prototype replicant that has been given these extra implants to give her the memories and stuff. Whereas some of them, I think it's like Nexus Six or something, they don't. Yeah, yeah. They don't have the memories and stuff. Some of them are aware that they are just replicants, whereas she's one of these ones that has full on memories and everything put in. So that's why it took him a lot longer to get through the questions with her. Yeah, and I know Sebastian like recognized that. That they were like, because yes. like it was his, like, he did it. Like, he's the one who created these. He's the daddy. He is. And his whole thing, he apparently is killed off screen. 
because oh they... Sebastian yeah. yeah so he he tries to run away from the scene and then we just overhear somewhere else that he's yeah. been killed yeah how on weird is that on the police scanner that yeah. a body was found next to Terrell of Sebastian mm-hmm. and I don't think that was a cut scene or anything because it would have gone into the final cut it must have just mm-hmm. been I guess not needed you know that it's just his he ran away it was done but I was like left up that's... to speculation yeah. yeah but I'm like that Why? guy was that guy was creepy but I felt bad for him. Yes, I felt like he was being like heavily manipulated because oh, he didn't have any friends. No, he says that he doesn't have any friends, so that they That's just prey he, on him for and sure. He makes the robots, and yeah. he's aging. He's twenty five, but he yes. looks, you know, forty or fifty or whatever the hell that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just ho- weird, weird little set- setup he had there. Yeah, and I just think maybe twenty forty nine does it, but I think if something again a mo- more modern movie. We'll cut out instead of the six minutes of him digging through a photograph, it'll be 20, 30 seconds or a or a quick jump cut to show 45 seconds to a minute of a montage. To a be montage, like, oh, yes. With the drink, the <laughs> bottle of whiskey goes from half full to a quarter mm-hmm, full mm-hmm. and we can do it. And again, I love older movies, especially ones that stay through. But when we have these rose colored glasses, stuff like this is not good. Like these movies yeah. can be made better now. We can hold them to a higher standard. And mm-hmm. you could explore more of that because that's that peripheral stuff that we talked about that you can also do in a game that you can make a 30-hour main story of a game and those side quests. But then, yes. You know, it's beating a dead horse and it's just like, oh, my God, someone thinks the best part of The Witcher 3 were like the side quest. Oh, no. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, because you can expand this world. Yeah. And with this, again, I'm telling you, I can feel myself going so up and down oh, with how honestly, I feel about yeah. this movie. But I think when I... When I'm feeling when I'm feeling that I'm going up and down, I'm not feeling that way about the film. I'm fe- I'm feeling that way about the whole genre. You're, you're and you're exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I'm it. like, yeah, cyberpunk is great. The God. cyberpunk genre is great. Not, and I'm I'm fully appreciative that this is the beginning and this is the catalyst for everything. Completely. But I feel like it's the base level. It's the baseline, and then so many people have just grabbed it and thought yeah that's good but i can make it 10 times and fucking improved better. upon it yeah yep, yeah completely um i mean i don't think i have any other scene before we get to not tears of the sun <laughs> not that movie. tears of the sun uh no. tears in the rain i think that's it i know yeah gonna, i think i got everything on there because we also have the very final scene um uh to get to about the you know the whole origami unicorn all that stuff in there yeah going, going back to his little vision all right so we have here again the tears in the rain scene. And one thing that I did not realize, and this is what happens when I consider myself liking old movies and like a film buff, when mm-hmm. some slip by, you don't know it. And so I look through this Wikipedia and I see that, quote, will be lost in time like tears in rain has its own Wikipedia link. And I click on that and I realize like, oh, my God, this is one of the most famous and like frequently quoted monologues in like cinema or in those rounds. And I'm like, I feel like I've been left out. Yeah, I have no idea. No, but despite, like I've said, and this is where I'm going back up and down with it, despite the fact that I'll be straight up honest with it, I was pretty bored at times by this movie. About, I took a pause and I looked and I'm like, oh my God, it's at an hour, five minutes. I have to go get something to eat. It needed to be a little bit shorter. It did, but it just more needed to happen in that sense that mattered. Despite not fully being connected to Deckard, who just, god damn, what a worthless protagonist. Rutger Hauer. I, I'm, I didn't even look up who won the fucking Oscar. I'm trying to get upset about that stuff. He is fucking incredible. And this may be 
one of my favorite performances ever, one of my favorite characters, he's in it so little the first yeah. hour or so. And then it's like he's the main fucking character the last 30 minutes. I would love this retold from like their oh perspective. Oh my God, they're so interesting. And like I said, I want to mm-hmm. like them, but then I'm like, oh, they killed like 20, 30 fucking people. Yeah. These innocent people. Who was it? And so then you kind of have that moral ambiguity there. But his performance here in this monologue that gets uh, frequently quoted that he helps improvise. He oh, re- wow. He rewrote some of it and brought it to Ridley Scott the day of filming. And Ridley Scott was just like, yeah, that that's fucking great. He gives it and I'm like, I didn't care about this movie. I cared so little about anybody. But this is one of the best fucking things in cinema I've ever heard. Yeah, I need to go rewatch it, I think, because like you said, I kind of lost. I was a little bit bored throughout the film, oh, definitely, especially like the last the last kind of finale bit where it kind of goes on for quite long and it's chasing um Pris and then it's chasing him and he's chasing him and there's no music or anything there's no high tense action music to make it feel like a big dramatic end point so i kind of was disengaging at this point so i want to rewatch this bit because i know it's super iconic and it's obviously even referenced in the cyberpunk game as well so yeah but i think this is his big moment really and i would so love to see this story told from their perspective and they're just trying to live like humans and they've got this horrible deckard man chasing them down trying to kill them yeah but it's almost like is he is he is horrible right is he but he's sympathetic yeah what right? do you mean the body yeah like yeah he's not he's not good he's got bad yeah. he's got like he has his purpose, which is, you know, he wants to extend his life, but he's got yeah. awful ways of going no, about yeah. it. And he's it, obviously not safe to have around. So I guess it would be sympathetic or understanding the reasons. Yeah. yeah. And we mentioned before that the author of the book is based on Philip K. Dick had seen some of it. And he personally approved of Rutger Hauer, who is Dutch, by the way. He's not yes. German. Describing like Dutch, him- Dutch actor of the year yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, described him as the perfect baddie cold Aryan flawless and just Aryan. like wow. oh, Aryan I know and that's and again that's yeah. when I look at it, I'm like okay he is supposed to be bad but honestly yeah. <laughs> because he has a fucking ethos or he has a belief and is doing something I like him in this movie and yeah I like his character for sure and I think a lot of it goes to the personal bias I'm never going to be on the side of like cops or police or their stories yeah. <laughs> but the fact that the cops and the police in this aren't doing anything other than just wanting to kill them like, it's not the fact that they killed 20 people, including some of our own, and we need to keep it safe. They're so flippant about it. They're like, oh, yeah, these yeah. four skinwalkers here. And as soon as you report back the first one, Brian's like, all right, we got the next one over here. And mm-hmm. it just goes on. I'm like, why am it's I just rooting like for them? Yeah, it's like they're just like rats to be exterminated or something. And it's like, well, you created these things in the first place. Like, you need to <laughs> have yeah. some kind of responsibility that isn't just killing them. Yeah, and it's just take, or taking them out. Yeah, it's, God. Retiring them, I should yeah, say. retiring <laughs> them. But yeah, that tears in, uh, the tears in rain, just, I'm, oh, I'm not going to. Oh, I, I instantly rewound it. Like, as soon as I heard it, I just was like, okay, this is something Whoa. fucking special. Like, mm-hmm. I instantly rewound it and then saw it again, mainly to make sure also that he died. Because I'm like, wait, did they did they shoot him or did he just, like die he just he just expired i think yeah. yeah no and that's what it was and it was also his idea for the doves 
Oh, wow. What a guy. I know. Like, talk about just embodying this fucking character and fully getting it. Hmm. No, I just keep thinking, what's what is going to be in 2049? Uh, it is going to take place oh, 49, so it's 30 years later. So, yeah. yeah, it could be something in there. All right, so now we got to the last, the ending scene. This is something I did look up because I guess it's something of contention or what people say. And that is, was he, was Deckard a replicant or not? Because in the final cut, which we saw, I guess it expands on that unicorn scene yes, where he like imagines dream sequence, this yeah. dream of him like this unicorn. So at the end, Gaff basically tells him that, like, that's it. Like, Rachel, you know, it's like they're going to die. There's nothing else. It's too bad. There's nothing else, you know, with these replicants, you know. And then we see the unicorn origami that he left for Deckard. As Deckard goes away with his replicant woman to do whatever he wants to. Mm -hmm. And so it's... Is he that... makes some comment as well, doesn't he? he goes, Rachel's not going to live either. And he goes, well, yes. does, does anybody? And it's like, what do you mean by the, that? The, yes, the live either. Does anybody? Deckard sees it. Kind yeah. of. It's just like, huh. So what I take out of that is, if Gaff put that there, did Deckard ever tell him about these dreams? About the uniform he... dream. Yeah. yeah. And so does that mean that Gaff implanted those in Deckard? But if Deckard does that, And again, all I thought of when I saw that was like, holy shit, it made me again not want to judge this movie, but it goes back to that, okay, now you're dealing with that humanity thing again, where this guy that we're with and who we think we know, we get the rug pulled out from us. And then it becomes, damn, can you really trust anything? What is it like to be human in a world where nobody knows they're a human? Yeah. Yeah, what? Where does the humanity actually start? Like this being thinks they're human, acts like a human, lives like a human. But it's interesting you say we get the rug pulled out from underneath us. It's kind of like at the exact same time the character does as well, which is quite interesting because he gets this mini reveal, we get a mini reveal. We're both left like, wait, what? And then we just go on about our lives. Like, is it? Is it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think I, I would hope that's explored in 2049. I think, honestly, I don't think he is. I think he's a human. I think that's just something they did to maybe garner a sequel or to get them yeah. talking about. Also forgot to say in the tears and the rain uh, thing that Batty saves his life, that Batty yes, pulls him he up. He, he could have yeah. knocked him off. He could have done whatever. And so does that go back to Batty is showing Deckard look, I have a bit of humanity. I could have killed you. I'm not just some mm-hmm. fucking maniac. I was killing yeah. people for a reason. And then Deckard learns, oh shit, these replicants are maybe, not only are they more human, maybe they're better humans than the people I've yeah. been working for as this cop. And so does he take that into it? So he finally learns this thing of like, okay, replicants are there. Yeah. And then it gets put into his head. Is it? Because what makes a human? Is it birth is it coming out of a woman a mother mm-hmm. or is it our experiences and yeah. so like I said like right now if someone said hey you were the project of a clone you were a clone mm-hmm. you were not birth you came into being as a six-month-old baby i was a six-day-old baby yeah. and all of this blah 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 and i'd be like oh shit am i not a human and yeah this, my this, experiences my yeah. life don't change but something at the very beginning is different but yeah. Does that change everything? 
Yeah. yeah. And that's the stuff again to be explored <laughs> by, yeah. the, by the genre uh, that it didn't do. And so, yeah, if I had to guess, I love the, I love the ambiguity of, of stuff to discuss it because there's no right or wrong answer. Exactly. And, yeah. It's just, what do you think? Yeah. And there's one that could be like, well, they would do this. And then it's like, yeah, but so-and-so, you know, like this mm -hmm. and we'll see what it is. And so, yeah, again, that's one of those. If you've seen some fan theories or deep dive, please yeah. lay it on. Because this is a movie that I probably will never watch again. But my I God, won't. I will talk about it at <laughs> yeah. nauseum. So, yeah. yeah, I'm happy to discuss all the themes and everything. But I, yeah, I'm not going to sit down and watch it. I will watch 2049, but this one yeah. is a, is a one-time watch for me for sure. You know sure. what? Let's do that. Excuse me. Let's do that this weekend. I'm taking the weekend 2049. off. 2049. I'm going yeah. out. I can possibly maybe do a two-parter on it like okay. set aside an hour hour and a half and find a good stopping point um mm -hmm. we will watch it but we will need to watch another movie that we will yeah, say I at need the to put end all... do you know what i could probably get away without watching that that's true maybe we'll have to oh no 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 no. he had to do a rewatch okay <laughs> um all right the last thing that i have on here to go in before we get to the tier list is is that my <laughs> is going to be that like the notion of animals here how besides him just looking over this fucking snake scale or whatever the hell it was for minutes of what it is, how the fact that when they talk about affording something, you know, like I couldn't afford a real snake or the leather. She's like, what would happen if you found a leather? She's like, I turn it in because that's illegal because all this shit are virtually extinct. Yeah, that's something I noticed in Cyberpunk 2077 as well. There's no animals in Night City um, apart from like one cat, Mr. Nibbles. Really? Yeah. Oh, no way. Mr. Nipples is in Cyberpunk, yeah. Yeah, because there's something here also about an owl. And they're like, is that real? And they're like, yep. or is it replicated? And they're like, yeah, of course. Yeah, and, and she he asks her about the snake, and she goes, of course it's not real. Of course it's not real, you idiot. Yeah. But I, I guess in the novel, um, owls were the first creatures to die out. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently that's that's right. All the all the wildlife leaves the city because there's just no there's no life there anymore. It's just cement. And it's people, too. Brick. Like. They've yeah, gone people. off world. Like the people here yeah. are just the dredges of society, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And which, I think birds don't even come into the cities anymore or which, anything like that. Yeah. But to hit on, which is fascinating because what are these fuck off billionaires talking about doing? Oh, building rockets and going <laughs> to Mars. I'm sure Elon Musk and Zuckerberg, I'm sure they'll have the world's best interests. And yeah. it's not going to be a fucking rich ass colony for millionaires and billionaires. No, honestly, good luck to them if they want to take all the rich people and go to Mars. Go on ahead. Yes, I'll, and see, I... I'll see you there in the, on the next one. Yeah. First, <laughs> take a submersible to the Titanic, <laughs> and then please, every time they get in one of those rockets, I'm like, come on, come on, cross my fingers, cross come my fingers, come on. <laughs> I don't ask for much. Okay. Um. All right. So I think we have everything covered mm -hmm. from it all right we've come to the part of the show where i've tried to put off and off <laughs> the tier list and i still oh my god okay this might take a while sorry we may ramble here so this is where i'm at right now i there's too much of this that i too did much writing on this there's too it, much writing on it. it is but like i said for rutger Hauer's performance for baddie's yeah. character for that fucking ending alone I am going to put this in a B tier because mm -hmm. unless somebody had, if somebody had any interest in this movie, I'd be like, watch it. I'm going to give yeah. you a warning though. It is very slow. Make sure you're not coming home from a long day. Yeah. Make sure you're not unhappy. Like get some time where you're like, you know what? I'm going to chill, 
get some dinner, you know, treat yourself yes, to a dinner, have snacks, a drink. Yeah. Yeah. And then get into it. But just it's it's glacially, glacially fucking paced. And there's just not much of a plot. But yes. it's I felt that by sticking with it, that payoff at the end. Like I said, this is a movie I'm going to fucking remember forever now because of that, that yeah. that dude, the Rutger Hauer as baddie in that thing carried this across to where I would actually put this as a thumbs up into the positive. So this mm-hmm. may be the only B tier that I may never watch again. But on top of yeah, it, yeah. but on top of it, like you said, even the inspiring stuff, it mm-hmm. inspired so much that that will put it up there as well. So I will gladly go B tier for me. Yeah, that's interesting. The point you make about not watching it again, because it's not one of those films. If I had a friend around and they were like, oh, I've never seen Blade Runner. I'd be like, no, watch it when you're a go home. Yeah, I don't want I don't, to watch it right now. I don't think I would, but yeah. Yes, you're right, though, because I would say anybody who likes sci-fi, cyberpunk, you absolutely should watch it. It's a must-watch. Take it for what it is. Enjoy it. Enjoy the silly parts of it. And, you know, Harrison Ford being Harrison Ford in this film. Um, But, yeah, for me, I have to appreciate it and put it into B for what it is because it's inspired so much of what I currently love and think will continue to go and go. I think cyberpunk genre in general will be a thing forever and it will keep evolving and films like this will keep coming out that are kind of rooted in Blade Runner. I think the more, again, the late stage capitalist that we get, the more it becomes closer it's a bit to reality too close to home yeah yes, sometimes like, cyberpunk is a little bit too close to home like them saying sure. that that all the rich people and wealthy people are gone this was 1982 now here's the thing yeah. also this is about when the united states and the world at large was about to boom into the yes. 80s so by the late 80s it'd be like ah we're never we're gonna go forever we're gonna have all this money it's a little bit different now that we've had you know great recession and it looks to me pessimistic as opposed to the optimism maybe of the 80s even to the 90s like post-cold war era that it's Mm -hmm. only going to get more popular as cities also get more on top of each other in that sense there the widening gap and all that yeah i Mm -hmm. think it's just gonna become more relevant yeah absolutely yeah but i think b is right b is right for this one yeah the technical aspects alone of this movie also to be a pretentious nerd phil you went to (laughs) film school and all that too the technical aspects were worthy enough in there just the plot the characterization outside of the replicants outside of Rutger Hauer yeah like the main stuff that I usually would look for in a movie are borderline bad it's just not good but yeah. there's enough there for it you know to put out there so definitely for sure B tier and it goes in that recommend all right that is it here in a minute or so we're going to talk about spooky season and what we're going to do <laughs> yeah but again um check us out email us pod on the path at gmail.com check out the discord link below again please get in there we've already had some really good discussions last night without getting into it i can imagine there are a couple of people in the discord they love this movie they said they can't wait to hear our thoughts oh I'm no su- i'm sure they pl- i believe truly we were fair like this i think so too nothing in this movie needed to be shit on and it wasn't shit on and i no. think you know i think we we're very fair in that but all, by all means let us know uh over there as well again if you want more of us special stuff in there patreon.com uh, backslash on the path and then all these socials uh as well and with the spooky season coming up we're going to get a spooky a special spooky movie a patreon going in there but here on the main feed next week 
for the first time ever for me. It's the first time viewing. It is going to be Twilight. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's My TikTok Twilight. has been listening to us because all I'm getting is clips from Twilight. Really? Every single clip. Wait, do you not Twilight, get that Twilight, anyway? Twilight. Do you not no, get that anyway? No, it's listening to me. Twilight, 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 Twilight. It's going to give me more now. All right. So, yeah, that's going to be it. 2008. It's maybe it it pretty much blew up the vampire genre. Oh, going hell into yeah. That. It blew up the gray Seattle overview. It's just this all in there. The only thing that I've seen from it is the baseball scene. Oh, and iconic. I've seen I've seen the baseball scene probably a dozen times because. And I'm, that's from the first film. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I'll, I'll know that when it comes through. Just. The insanity of because uh, I remember someone's like, "There's a baseball." I'm like, oh, baseball scene! Let me see this, and yeah. then that would be a good first time viewing reaction of the first time yeah. I watched that because I just just open mouth looking at it like, "Oh my god!" And Muse, <laughs> supermassive black hole. <laughs> oh man, the soundtrack alone is going to send me back to that was when I first started when after I graduated high school and when I first started teaching high school mm. teenagers so you don't think twilight oh, was a great. massive okay. fucking thing in there yeah we'll oh see. my god yeah it's awesome like it's very much one of those films that i watch and i am sitting thinking this is so fucking cringy and awful but i have to now watch all five films and enjoy them and you know when a French when a when you sort of grow up alongside a massive yeah, franchise, you yeah. feel quite like it's for me the Harry Potters. I was the age of Harry yep. Potter as I grew up, so it's super attached. And then Twilight came out, and I was a bit a bit young, but kind Teenager, of the right though. the right age. Yeah, the right I was the perfect age for these films, so I feel attached to them. I remember going to the cinema to see them, um, you know, with my friends and just having the best time ever. So yeah, I'm that's. The nostalgia factor is fucking up at 11 for me with these. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be next week. There will be a different spooky movie each month. We are not doing all the Twilights. No, we're just doing Twilight 1. But, <laughs> but there we'll will see. Be a, we'll see. No, not now. <laughs> Maybe later on when I want to absolutely. Welcome to On the Path of Twilight. Twilight. <laughs> no, maybe in the future, something like that. If something ever happens with Robert Pattinson or. Um, <laughs> Not Bella Swan. Kristen Stewart. There you go. Yes. Stewart. We'll do that. So again, make sure to check each week for that. So until next week with Twilight, we'll see ya. See ya.